Hello everyone. We are living in some wild times right now. Hopefully you are doing your part and staying at home and taking care of yourself and your loved ones. And I thought with that, you might be getting a little bit bored at this point. So it would be nice to just release the next episode of Conversations with Carrie. So I am here tonight to talk about a topic that is near and dear to my heart marriage. And I am talking with the one and only Barrett, who is my husband. I figure who better to talk about marriage with than the man I am married to. So Barrett, do you want to say hi to everybody? Hi, I'm Barrett. Uh, (laughs) As you've heard, I am a father of three, stepdad to two more, and obviously Carrie's husband. And so everything she says here is correct. And everything that she (laughs) says in real life is right. Exactly. (laughs) He's a good husband. Um, So speaking of being a good husband, um, I think we learn a lot about marriage from our parents and seeing their marriages as we grow up. So just for a little bit of background info, can you talk a little bit about your parents' marriage, how long they've been married, if they were ever divorced, anything like that? Um, my parents, a uh, little different than yours, they have been married for 45 years. Um, 44 years, it'll be 45 years in September. No, August, in August. You know better than me, actually. <laughs> um, I never saw them fight. I had, you know, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. Dad started his own business, so mm-hmm. I got to see... The struggles financially when he was starting out, Mm -hmm. uh, I got to enjoy all the different peaks and valleys that a marriage has without ever seeing the real nasty side of what life can be. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, you had a very privileged childhood, a very privileged upbringing. Yeah, I didn't really want to put it that way. (laughs) Oh, we're going to go there. (laughs) You didn't really get to see the work, I think, that went into the marriage, even though there was definitely definitely work, obviously, that went into lasting 45 years. But I don't think you got to see a lot of that. No, they did um, all their, their heavy lifting behind the scenes. Yeah. So. And that was different from mine. My parents were married, I want to say, around 32 years before my dad died. And it was my mom's first marriage and my dad's third marriage. And he came to that marriage with three kids. So I did grow up in a bit of a blended family. It was a little bit different. My my three um, half-siblings are much older than I am because there was a pretty big age gap for my parents. Um my mom stayed at home a little bit when I was young until I went to school and then she started working. My dad was a truck driver and we were dirt poor. Um, we had electricity shut off uh, and we had the local church bring us food. It was just, there were some really rough times that I remember. Um, and while my parents did make their marriage work, they had a lot of ups and downs and 
I got to witness a lot of that. And so I did get to see a lot of the heavy lifting that went into making a marriage work and keeping a family together. So a little bit different. Um, doesn't make it better or worse. Just a very different upbringing than what you had. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> just a little. <laughs> Tell me about any lessons that you learned from your parents' marriage. Uh, I think the biggest lesson that I learned was picking your battles. Um, my mom and dad are very different personalities. Mm -hmm. uh, my dad, much more of a free spirit, I think, than my mom <laughs> when it comes to the finer things in life. Yes. Um, and very early on, she saw the difference in them. And she made her choices of what she was going to push back on. Right. And, I mean, they still do that today. Yep, 40, I've seen it. 40 some odd years later. <laughs> 44. <laughs> um, but they just, they found ways to really complement each other. Yeah, I, I agree. That's the best way I can put it. And they still sit down in front of the TV at the end of the day and watch Wheel of Fortune and watch mm -hmm. Jeopardy and then right. have their routine. And it's just, honestly, it's adorable. It is. It is. It's kind of sickening. I know. <laughs> and it's also the kind of relationship and the kind of marriage that I have wanted to have ever right. since I cared to be married exactly right <laughs> exactly um yeah I think some of the lessons that I learned from my parents marriage is that don't expect a fairy tale um because it's just marriage is not at all like what the books and the movies make us believe that it could be or what you thought it was going to be like um, I don't know what you're talking about I know about. Um, the one thing my dad always said to me was, um, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. And he said, you know, sure, you might divorce someone or break up with them or whatever, but it's just going to be a different set of problems. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, you're just moving from one set of problems to another set of problems. And I didn't really understand that until I got married multiple times. <laughs> So, but I did think one thing that I thought was, you know, even when it was hard, you stuck around and you, um, you know, no matter what it was, you just, you stayed and having been married twice now myself, um, I think that's a lesson that I had to unlearn for myself. And, um, so with that, I'll kind of talk about, I was married once before I got married when, Oh my gosh, I was just 25 years old. I had just turned 25 and I had um, not known my fiance at the time too long. We were together a little over a year when we got married and we ended up being married just about 10 years, I believe, before we separated. Um, so you were also married before and I was, yeah, no. you were, you were. And, um, how old were you when you got married? Uh, if I do the math, I think I was about 27 when I got married. Okay. And then how long were you married? Oh my goodness. 
four years before we separated. Mm-hmm. And then it would be another year and a half until the divorce was finalized. So Yeah, yeah. You guys were definitely separated a lot longer than I'd been separated when we met. I think I was only separated about six months. But she was separated. Yes, I was separated. <laughs> and there was no going back. Um, but so when actually when we first met and started dating, I was kind of like, look, I have to be, you know, I'm too old to be anything but transparent. And so we were very open about our first marriages. And one of the things that I thought was really cool about you um, was that you didn't spend a lot of time talking about all the ways maybe that you felt your marriage ended for any reason other than your part in it. And that was something that I was really focused on because I was in the midst of growing and evolving from my own divorce. And you kind of came out right from the beginning and said, I was not a good husband. And so Mm -hmm. thinking about that, what, what were your strengths as a husband in your first marriage? Well, just to sort of further explain that idea, um, we, it's easy to blame the other person when things fall apart. It is. But their part in it does not really matter in your story. Exactly. And it's really what you take from it and what you learn from it. Yes. Um, My strengths as a husband, my goodness. I was an attentive dad once we had kids. Um, I was always doing everything I could to make sure... We had what we wanted, mm-hmm. um, which was both good and bad. Um, yeah, yeah. But I saw your credit score. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but honestly, the first mm-hmm. time around, I don't feel like I had many strengths yeah. because I, seeing what my parents had, I thought it was easy. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, they did everything behind the scenes. I didn't see any of the work you had to put in. I thought a marriage was you met this person and Mm -hmm. everything clicked and you got married and you had kids and you were just always happy. And if you weren't happy, you at least weren't sad. Right. Yeah. And so what do you think your weaknesses were as a husband the first time? (laughs) You don't have to list them all. We don't have all of that time. (laughs) Okay. I will start out by saying that I was undiagnosed in with battling depression Mm -hmm. and anxiety Mm -hmm. although mostly it was the depression that was getting to me um and i was also a problem drinker right Uh, and actually i am about two years seven months this week sober that's awesome congratulations yes thank you (laughs) so those Two, those were the two big things that led to a lot of the issues. Right. Problem drinking and mental illness that is not being addressed will make you a bad husband. Yes. <laughs> and I was a bad husband. I was not attentive to my wife's needs after we started to have kids. Right. Um, and that made, certainly made her feel very lonely. Right. I strayed a little bit. 
mm-hmm. looking at things online that I probably shouldn't have been looking at. No, that we'll you def- that way. definitely shouldn't have been looking at. Yes, definitely shouldn't have mm-hmm. been looking at. Mm-hmm. I was trying to soften the nope, corners just a this, little bit. You know bit. I defend the ex-wife on this yes. one time and time again. And <laughs> um, honestly, I wasn't willing to have any of the hard conversations. Right. I would do anything I could to avoid conflict. Mm-hmm. And so that led to a lot of... Conflict. Inner turmoil. <laughs> no, inner turmoil. Um, lying a lot of the mm-hmm. time. Uh, saying what she wanted to hear, not what was actually going on. Right. And uh, then I really... You know, the last year of our marriage, I really checked out. Yeah. Um, the depression had gotten really deep. Mm-hmm. Not that that's an excuse at all, because as many times as she's told me to go get help, I did not. Mm-hmm. I refused to listen to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's how I ended up with you, you lucky, lucky lady. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Um, like you, I was not a great spouse. <laughs> I will say I was probably a bit better um, than that, but uh, those were in my early days. Um, I spent the better part of my marriage being a pretty good spouse, I would say, being a pretty good wife. Um, I supported my husband in whatever way he needed. And my ex-husband and I had a lot of fun together. We had a, a group of friends that we would do things with. And then we had kids and we were young and we were the first of our group to have kids. And then nine months after we had our first child, my husband was 25 years old and his mother died unexpectedly. Um, We were literally given about two weeks and at the end of those two weeks, we were told she wasn't going to come out of it. And I did not understand at the time how losing a parent changes you. Um, And so when that happened, he was a changed person. And I didn't understand the grief process and I did, you know, the best that I could at that time to support him, um, which most likely led to me being pregnant three months after that happened. And so, um, life's little miracle. I know. Right. And so, um, we ended up, you know, in our mid to late twenties with two kids under two and, I had a husband who was trying to grieve the loss of his mother, who he was very close to. Um, and two weeks after she passed, his grandmother, who had been very involved in his life, it was his mom's mom, had passed unexpectedly. So we were kind of thrown all types of curveballs. And that is when our marriage kind of started on the downhill. And I tried for a very long time to get him to get help. Um, and he sort of did like he took some steps um and things would get better here and there but then um you know you raise kids and a couple years later then my dad unexpectedly passed and then I suddenly understood what he went through but I was kind of um by that point we had grown really far apart and my grief just took me even farther from him and so I checked out, shut down, and I we didn't have a lot of the hard conversations anymore, at least not the ones that we would have needed to have to try to save our marriage. And each time, you know, I had always held on to that lesson I learned, like, no matter how bad it gets, you just stay. 
And finally one day it was like, this is just, you know, we're just killing each other over here and it's not worth it. And it's not good for our kids. Neither one of us is into this anymore. So it was time to walk away. So um, I definitely, I definitely checked out as well um, as a result of my own grief and my own inability to, to figure out how to connect with my husband who had changed when he lost his mom. Um, so that's kind of who I was as a spouse and I'm definitely not proud of the wife that I was. I look back on a lot of it and I honestly feel like really bad for my ex-husband and and I don't feel bad for myself even though he was not any he was not going to win any husband of the year awards but I've forgiven him for that and moving moved on and I just hope that you know he doesn't see it all as just negative. like this negative like a horrific time in his life um which I don't think he does now because we do get along fairly well um but so that's who we were in our first marriages so then we got to our second marriage which there was so much that happened before that um like we had mentioned I was newly out of my marriage I was about six months just about six months out of my marriage separated when I met you and you were separated how long when we met um my goodness at that point it was probably I was getting close to two years close to two years yeah and you um your ex-wife had already filed for divorce before mm-hmm. we met um yes. I filed for divorce relatively soon after we met and um and not obviously because of you it was just the timing of how everything happened um because divorce costs a little bit of money it and, does cost uh, money and it man it costs relationships it costs yeah, yeah it costs a whole lot and so um when we met we met on a dating app we did we did and when did you know you wanted to marry me after our first kiss which was af- at the end of our second date right mhm um i knew then i it was mhm i we had already had a great connection mhm you are beautiful Oh my, thank you. You are, <laughs> you are incredibly funny. Thanks. And you had my heart at that point. Oh. Yeah. But I didn't have anything else at that point. I'll edit that out, don't worry. Um mm. <laughs> So I I believe actually it was that date though, in all seriousness, that I had told you I didn't ever want to get married again. Yeah. Yeah. That and every other date we went on for the (laughs) first couple months. Yes, I definitely was never going to get married again. That was my my goal. I just thought it was kind of a waste of time. Been there, done that. And I wasn't going to end up heartbroken like that again. And so... And I was just happy to be with you. So I didn't really care if we got married. No, you didn't. You didn't. You were like, whatever you want. Like, we can just be life partners. I think we even, we said that we were going to be life partners, but I wasn't here to get married. Yeah. Um, so within that time that we started dating, uh, we got engaged about, what, two years almost? A year, year and a half. About after, a year and a half. year and a half after we met. Mm-hmm. And... 
we went through a lot up through that year and a half. We did. Um, you had some difficulty working as a team. Yes. Because the our first marriages were also very different in how each of the marriages operated. Yes, in my marriage, my first marriage, it was definitely everything split. We each still had our own bank accounts. We did not have a joint account. Mm-hmm. Um, we each had our own responsibilities with the home as far as you pay this bill, mm-hmm. I pay this bill. Mm-hmm. We didn't really have the like shared pot of money. Right. And that left me with a lot of ability to be a little shady with my money, maybe. Yeah, and selfish. Um, And yes, definitely selfish. Um, I did not have to learn the responsibility of like a true household income. Right. And household budget. Right. I simply... Spent what I wanted to spend mm-hmm. and robbed from Peter to pay Paul. Mm-hmm. And, well, like you referred to earlier, I had a lovely credit score by the end of all that. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so in men, in that sense, mm-hmm. and I think that speaks to the larger picture of right. how separate mm-hmm. my first wife and I were, mm-hmm. um, that I did not know how to work as a team. And right. I thought... That we had relationship time. And then you got Barrett and time. And me time. <laughs> yeah. And then that's how it worked for relationship money and me money mm-hmm. and, um, you know, everything really. Yeah. And that's not how my first marriage operated at all. We were from day one, you know, in it together. There was no separate anything. And that's how my parents' marriage worked. Um, I know that's how your parents' marriage worked. Yes. And so that's how a lot of marriages that I have, you know, witnessed over the years works. And, and it, oh, go ahead. it really was how I thought marriage was supposed to work. Right. And I was then re-educated in my mm-hmm. first marriage mm-hmm. as to how things were going to be. And by the time I met you, I just sort of thought that's how things were. Right. And, and I, so yeah. I was happy to have you teach me how to be responsible a team with again. your money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, well, you know, at this point I was thinking if we ever do get married, I'm marrying, you know, your credit score, I'm marrying mm-hmm. your financial responsibility. And so we had a lot of hard conversations about what that was going to look like. And, and hard conversations is another thing that I was not used to. Right. And that's a big part of working as a team is knowing where the other person stands with you. Yes. And having all the the dirt out there because I was always a sweep it under the rug kind of person. And yep. you were always a very... We're going we're gonna to deal with this. Honesty is a blunt hammer. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And that actually, I was like that in my first marriage, but my ex-husband was a lot like you in that he would just tell me what I wanted to hear. And I was very clear with you, like the blunt hammer honesty from the Mm -hmm. beginning that I don't want someone to tell me what they think they want, that I want to hear. 
I need a partner who is not going to let me bulldoze them and who's going to have the hard conversations with me, even if the hard conversation is that I'm wrong. And thankfully that's never happened because I'm never wrong. Not once. Nope. But, (laughs) but when we do have the hard conversations, you do push back and you don't just tell me what I want to hear. Um, that took some time, some practice of having the hard conversations, because I think at first you did tell me what you thought I wanted to hear, but I would catch you on it pretty quickly. And the other thing was when I would tell you what you wanted to hear, Mm-hmm. A lot, oftentimes it was only a few days before I slipped back into doing whatever the hard conversation was about. Exactly. And if, if you do that, you haven't actually owned it and you aren't working to change it. Right. So we learned how to manage your money together <laughs> because mm-hmm. now we have our money. Because you were right about that. Exactly. And you're, I will say for every listener out there that your credit score is awesome right now. Um, and that's something I'm really proud of you for, for sticking to what I talked to you about. And um, when you would ask for financial advice or whatever, not that I'm any type of financial advisor, <laughs> but I at least kind of have it together with that, that you took my advice and got yourself where you needed to be, which was, which is I'm very proud of you for. Um, You know, you make it easy because you're worth it. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Um, We also had some issues with letting the wrong influences in, mostly you. And I hate to make this like a this was all you, but I feel like I had done a lot of growing before going into my second marriage and you had not. You had definitely jettisoned a lot of the toxic people that surrounded you in your life yeah I did like an overhaul of my life and after my marriage it was my number one priority that I was not going to surround myself with anyone who did not make me feel good about myself and who wasn't positive and that meant that I mean gosh even when we first started dating I didn't really have a social circle for not a close social social circle for Mm -hmm. like a year and a half because yeah. I was just, I was not there for it. I was not going to let anybody in because I was too focused on what I needed to do to take care of myself. And, and I was still right. holding on to some toxic friendships mm-hmm. um, and just a rather stubborn way of looking at the world and how I fit into it. Mm-hmm. Um. When we first met, I was still drinking. Right. And the, although I will say you you did not drink much, at least no, never. I had definitely cut back, and I've I was, never seen you drink. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, because I wanted you to see my best self. Yeah. Uh, you know, you do that a lot when you're just starting to date someone that you really like them. Exactly. Although I think that should change because I actually like your worst self better. Uh. We'll he's see about more, that. He's more real. I've seen your worst self, so. <laughs> that is true. You have seen my worst self. <laughs> yeah. A podcast for another day. <laughs> yeah, another day. Um, <laughs> anyways, it was it would be a few months into our relationship in, mm-hmm. until I finally uh decided to start getting getting rid of the Hangers on, mm-hmm. maybe. Right. 
Um, the people who, even some that started as honest friendships back when I was in junior high and high school, but right. had developed into really just drinking buddies. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was not healthy for me. Right. And it took me until after I stopped drinking, I think, to really yeah. understand that my relationship to them and their the lives that they had compared to mine mm-hmm. was not a healthy thing. Mm-hmm. And not even wasn't healthy, but like you guys are all in different life stages. They were very they were bachelors. They didn't mm-hmm. have kids. I think you were the only one that had kids. I, I was think. the only one that had kids. Right. Um, two of the others were married, but did not have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So you were the only like really married it. dad, and once the alcohol was gone, there wasn't much to connect with. No, not at all. And now you have surrounded yourself with some awesome guys who are husbands and fathers and totally respect that you don't drink. Mm -hmm. Like you still get invited to poker nights. You still get invited to do everything with all the guys. Yeah. And it's really nice. Um, It's, you know, growing up, you see your parents' friend groups are really become a lot of the parents of your friends mm-hmm. because you're doing all the same activities right. when you're growing up all this you know sports or you know mm-hmm. music or whatever and I always wondered mm-hmm. as a married adult like when does that transition happen right and I always thought it happened more naturally mm-hmm. but really it is something that you as a married couple sort of do together and it's right. it's not natural it's not easy you really do have to sort of find your place and make mm-hmm. it happen mhm yep and our friend group the we actually share it's like the wives are all buddies and then the husbands are all friends and we were not friends with them right from the get-go. That was something we kind of had to work on together as well. And that was a challenge for us also. Um, and so one of the other things that we have faced as a couple, and even in our marriage, our second marriage, has been blending our families. Because we do have a situation where this is in our first rodeo. And we both came to this with multiple kids. So we have five kids total between the two of us and um we have actually multiple different co-parents that we co-parent with um my co-parent and then you have a couple different co-parents yes and in blending blending families is hard enough as it is um but we also have some very different co-parenting styles uh between all of us Mm -hmm. so that has um that has been a challenge for us in learning how to find the balance. Um, I will say you, and just to put this out there for anybody who might be listening, who's part of a blended family, a lot of the reading that I have done and podcasts I've listened to blending families can just seem like it's a nightmare and it feels like it's too much, but you and my ex-husband actually get along. We do. And, um, She's not kidding when she says she's listened to a lot of podcasts because she makes me listen to them and they are 
just the worst. I'm all about the growth. I'm all about the growth. And if I'm going to grow, you're going to grow too. And you're dragging me along. <laughs> I know. But it has, it's made, I feel like it has made us better co-parents with my ex and his new wife. And it has not by any means been easy. We've had some challenging times. Um, mm-hmm. But the four of us have worked, I think, pretty well together to kind of find find our balance. I think we're still, you know, we're still a new blended family in terms of we've only been doing this for about three years now. But, um, and the research says it takes about seven years to really settle into a blended family. So I think- Yeah, the research says that because by then the kids are out of the house. <laughs> I know, or you're already divorced. <laughs> or, you, or you only have like one left instead of four. Yeah, exactly. I mean- <laughs> We face a lot of obstacles and we face learning how to- come together as a team and blending our families and rethinking some of the influence in our lives and making sure we're surrounded with grounded, positive people who are at the same life stage as us. Um, And we've taken the lessons we've learned from our parents' marriages and from our first marriages to try to make this marriage the one. Because the statistics statistics do say that it's around 64% of second marriages end. So we are really intentional about not being part of that statistic. And I'm not sure we could afford to divorce. So this kind of has to work. I got your credit score up. We can afford a divorce. No. (laughs) Don't get any ideas. (laughs) Oh, I forgot. We just bought a house. We can't afford a divorce anymore. So um, what are some of the lessons that you have learned during this relationship, this marriage with me? I think the biggest lesson that I learned is that I wasn't wrong growing up. Mm-hmm. that marriage really can be what you always dream it's going to be. Aww. But it takes work. Right. And it takes talking about the hard things and making the hard choices and just being there for the other person. Right. I agree. I think having those hard conversations is what has really saved us sometimes, even when it's been extremely uncomfortable. And when it has brought us to our knees, that's that's been one of the most important things, to have that openness and that honesty, which I know I didn't have in my first marriage. I definitely didn't, and I was... I didn't... We didn't have it in my first marriage because of me. Mm-hmm. And we do have it now. Right. Because of the lessons that I've learned. Right, exactly. So I think, and I think that I have learned the importance of being someone who shows grace and knows how to accept grace. That is not a lesson I learned in my last marriage, not at any fault of my ex-husband or myself even. I just think we, we, we weren't at a place in our in our own journeys for that. But there has been... So there have been so many opportunities where I've had to extend grace to you, but just as many opportunities where I've had to be the one who accepts grace from you. And that is also an important lesson from our marriage is that grace is going to save us sometimes because it saved us in July. And it's saved us 
probably ten other times. Right. Because we're not perfect. No one's perfect. And that's there's no perfect marriage. It takes the work. I'm going to have to save that clip because it's very rare that you admit you're not perfect. <laughs> that's a lie. That's why I'm always growing. Mm-hmm. I just grow from one version of perfect to the next. So <laughs> I guess that's what we're going to call it then. We are. What are your hopes and dreams for our marriage in the future since we're not that far into this? Well, I hope we raise five well-adjusted kids. Mm-hmm. I certainly look forward to growing old with you. I look forward to that too. Um, and that's, it's really that simple. I know it is. Yeah. I just want to raise five kind human beings with you that I feel good about sending out into the world who are going to take care of other people and us and us one day maybe. And I do, I just want to, that's our dog. I just want to grow old with you and sit on the porch of our new house which will not be new at that point when we're like super old and having to sell it because we can't do the stairs anymore. I know. And my hair will finally be gray and match yours. And mine will have be white. (laughs) And just to be able to say like, we made it through all of that. Yes. So that's it. It's that simple. We just want to, be there at the end not just of each day but at the end of this lifetime together i love you i love you too oh so we'll leave you on that sappy note and hopefully you took something away about marriage and what it takes we're obviously experts because we've done it more than once and this podcast experience was not as painful as i thought it would be oh you're welcome good well we'll have you back so I didn't say I liked it that much. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time.